want to, I want you to tell them quickly about your testimony. Amen. Glory to God. Thanks to God and people of God. Uh, it, it's an honor to be here with you guys today, you know, um, and doing this type of thing because 10 years ago, if you saw me, you wouldn't have wanted me in your church. You wouldn't want me in your house. You know, I was, uh, on drugs for over 20 years. I've been to jail 22 times, and I've been to prison six. So I have a couple of felons on my record. I've been homeless. I've been out there in the streets. I've done some of the things that some, I've been through some of the things that you guys are going through and some of the things that you're going to go through, but you don't have to go through them if you trust in God. And it was God that turned my life around about in prison when I was my last time, my sixth time in prison, and I began to desire something for my life. I desired to want to be off crack. I desired not to want to be hungry. I desired to want to have a wife. I desired to want to have a good job in a car. I desired that, but I didn't know how to get clean. I didn't know how to come to that point. And I was hungry, and I was, remember, I was hungry, I was hungry, and it was, I was in prison. The guy on the left of me had a locker full of canteen on the right side, and the guy on the left had a locker full of canteen, and I didn't have anything. And I was hungry. And I didn't want to ask this guy, because he want two for one. That mean, if you, if you know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to ask that guy on the other side, because his spirit didn't look like it was right. So, you know, so, and I was hungry, and I remember... I pulled the covers over my head, and I began to cry out to God. And I said, Lord, I'm tired. I said, Lord, I'm tired. And the reason I pulled the cover over my head is because I was in a room full of men. I didn't want them to see me crying. Here I am, 300-something pounds, <laughs> muscular, six foot six. I didn't want this. To me, it would have been a sign of weakness. But I pulled the cover over my head and I cried out to God in secret. And that's what you can do at your home. That's what you can do anywhere you at on your job. That's what you can do. God is ready. He's willing. He's listening right now. If you make it, listen, he's listening to that cry. That sincere cry. I know you're tired of being broke. I know you're tired of struggling from paycheck to paycheck. I know some of you tired of being hungry. I know you're tired of being homeless. I'm buying a house now. Bought a house. Got a good job. Got a wife. Every, you know? And all is that. And not to stand here and brag. But I know you got to know where I come from to be, and I'm, I'm grateful to know where I come from to know where God has me right now. Right. Ten years clean and sober. Amen. So that's why, and, and, and you know the thing about God, I told you I've been to prison. Uh, to been to jail 22 times, I've been to prison six. And you know the thing about I love about God? I still now have a card in my wallet that I can go into the prison. Now, I don't stay in there for two hours. <laughs> I'll let you know, I, I, after my two hours up, they open that gate, they let me out. 
I'm, not, I'm just going in there for two hours. But to be able to see the men, be able to see the women who have done something, and to let them know that God forgives you. God still loves you. God still wants you in his kingdom. You were created for a purpose. I didn't never think, man, I never thought in a thousand years I'd be up here ministering to people. I go to my hometown and they got the what I call the drop jaw. They <laughs> then I used to get high with you. Then we used to then you have a crack house you used to run. Man, then you used to stand out there on the street saying we'll work for food. Man, you want you that one that smelled so bad that people didn't want you in their house. Holes on the bottom of your shoes. But, and I like to think of my life that people that put me out of their house and people that didn't welcome me, I like to think that God looks down at me now and he pops his collar <laughs> and he tell the world, look what I did for him. Look what I can do for you. Look how I can turn your misery in the ministry. And that's the awesomeness of God. He's awesome. But you got to want it. You got to want it. God ain't going to force his love. He gave us that will, that choice. Way back in the Garden of Eden, he gave them a, he had to put that tree out there. But he gave them a choice. He wants you to choose him, but he's not going to make you choose him. Yeah. And I told you, I'm in prison, and, I'm, and all these homeboys, and all my friends, and all my buddy, by myself. God will let you see that the devil don't love you. All them people in the streets that round you on the first and the third of the month, Want to take you to go pay your bills and all that on the first or the third of the month. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't know. Y'all have been there. Ain't some on your family members. But you're depending on the wrong people. You're depending on the wrong thing. When God had me in a situation where my family turned their backs on me, And I could not cry or call on nobody but Jesus. And he answered my prayer. Amen. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going I'm to say this, and I'm going to give you the, the mic, because I, 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 I get a little long with it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I get excited. And, 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 and it's good to get excited, because I know where God done brought me from. See, I once served the stem. See, I would do anything that I had to do to get my stem full. I that sin was my God. That crack cocaine was my God. I would catch myself in the crack house on my knees trying to find another hit. Praying to my cocaine God. But the only time I'm going to get on my knees today, baby, is to give, give Jesus a cry. You can believe that. Only time I'm going to get on my knees today is to give Jesus a cry. And I remember while I was seeking, and I'm going to say this, I remember while I was seeking God. And I was on Rose Squad. And Rose Squad, for those of you that don't know, 
is when you're on the side of the road picking up paper, picking up trash, or we'll go to schools before they open up for, uh, for the summer, for the spring, before they open, and we will clean the school yards up. And this particular, and then one thing about Rose Squad, they never send you to this place that you worked before because they're scared that you're going to call somebody and tell them to leave your gun, weapon, drugs, or what have you. So you will not go to this place that you went and worked the day before you, 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 you alternated. They alternated crews. They send a different crew every day. So this day we was cleaning up a schoolyard. And while we was cleaning up a schoolyard, uh, it was a poison ivory vine going up a tree. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, I don't want the kids to get in this poison ivory because it'll mess them up. And I reached down and grabbed it from the root and I pulled it down and it had green leaves. And I left it laying there, just left it. And went on to start doing something else. So they came and they picked us up and took us back to the camp. I was at Tillery. In the wild, know where Tillery at? Way up there in the mountain. You know, you know where Tillery at? Amen. Well, I was in Tillery. And they fed us, took a shower, went to bed, woke up the next morning. And the next morning, which I, I thought was kind of strange, they called out the crews and where they were going to go on. And they sent our crew to the same place that we had went the day before. And I said, well, Dad, they don't usually do that. Well, this, well, this is strange, you know. Not thinking, just thinking it's strange. And when I went out there and it was hot, it was summertime, I remember it being hot. And I remember our, our voice, uh, I remember something hit my head. Say, said, go look at that vine that you pulled from that tree yesterday. Just like that, know so I walked over there to where I was the day before and the vine was still laying there but the leaves on the vine was no longer green the vines on the leaves had them turned brown just as brown as me to the point that if you touch them they would just they would just brittle fall off and the voice spoke to me and said that's you he said that's you now I looked all around. I know I ain't high. I know I, you know, I, I know ain't nobody out there. And I'm looking, I'm trying to see who's this talking to me. And he said it again. He said, that's you. He said, if you disconnect yourself from me this time, you'll wither up and you're going to die. He said, but if you abide in me, you'll live and you'll, you'll grow. And I couldn't, it's still not for the the goodness in me don't know who's talking to me. And I thought, well, it don't know, that's the voice of God. And I remember looking towards heaven and I pointed my finger and I said, okay, God, I listen. And that's how I stand before you today. Ten years clean. Married. Able to take care of my children. My child support was a, a house payment. My child support was over $30,000. You know what it is today? That zero. Zero. That don't mean my kids don't still call me and ask for money, though. You know? <laughs> but I'm not saying that the brag. 
I just got to let you know where I come from so you can see the praise, so you can see why I stand back there and I say, thank you, Jesus. You can see why I can give God praise. Because if I would have went back out there to that crack house, I was going to die. I was already dead spiritually. But I was going to have a physical death. But God pulled me out. And he can pull you out. If you tired. You got to be tired. I, it's only a fool that want to be broke. Excuse me. I ain't supposed to call nobody no fool. But it's only an intelligent person that wants to be broke all the time. My brother was a dope dealer. He said, man, how can the world, can you just spend all your money on this? I don't mind paying a tithe. I don't mind paying a church. I don't mind giving. Because you know what I think about? I used to give my whole check to the crack dealer. I used to give my whole check to the crack dealer. And would not complain about it. So if God asked for 10%, I gladly give it and more. Because I know what he brought me out of. And he can bring you out of. No matter what sickness, worried about your children. And if it ain't you, it's your children or somebody in your family that you know. You can intercede for them right now. Right here. Start praying. Even today, man, my wife, she, she, we got a delivery coming because we couldn't. We had a lot going on, but we had a delivery coming. And so she had to step out. But my wife is constantly in prayer. Constantly in prayer. And I ask God for that. I ask God for a house, a car, a job, my driver's license. And he said, give me that steel, that beer, that crack cocaine, and them cigarettes. So I gave God something. And he gave me something back more beautiful in return. And not all alone, he gave me salvation. And I did not take my salvation lightly. So it don't mean, you know, that you don't come up against obstacles. I still, I come up against obstacles and I would tell Brother Chris about the other day that now that I'm saying and I'm listening to gospel music in the truck and I got the company truck and some of my co-workers that ride with me don't want to listen to it and one of them wanted to, they wanted to fight me just this past week. Yeah, it was not smart. It, it was smart, but I thank God for salvation. Because I got out the truck to entertain them. I ain't going to sit here and tell y'all that don't, don't let, me, let, me, let me get this straight. Don't let me tell you, sit here and tell you, oh, I'm perfect. Don't let, 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 don't let me sit here and tell you, oh, I walked in obedience. Hey, I, 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 I still got struggles. I still got struggles. But that's when somebody mouthing off at me. But God is teaching me how to use wisdom. And the wisdom is, you got a truck, you got a car, that truck ain't yours, that radio ain't yours. I done gave you a truck. I done gave you a car. Let them listen to whatever they want to listen to in that vehicle. Technology is special. I got headphones, I got a phone, and I just simply took my headphones out Put them in my ear, listen to my 
gospel, my Toby Mac and all that good stuff, and let them listen to what they want to. Because we can't make folks get saved. We can't force folks to get delivered. And Jesus said, if they are not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. So I'm glad that Pastor gave me a chance to say this. I got a lot more to say, but after we eat and after Pastor preach and stuff, if you come and you want to know about some things or some prison ministry and some, some things like that, and you want to pray about some people that may be kept to finish. And don't, you know, don't get upset when you pray for somebody and they catch some time. You're praying for somebody that might be facing some time, and you're praying that they are not getting, you know what my prayer is? My prayer is that God will be done. That's my prayer today. Not even my will. I pray and ask God for stuff. But I say, if it be thy will. Remember, that's what Jesus prayed. He said, Lord, if it be thy will. Because, see, I had to go to prison because I could not hear the voice of God out here in the streets. I couldn't hear him. I could not hear him. So if somebody faces some times in your family or maybe even you or whatever, going to jail only mean getting closer to God. Going to prison only mean getting closer to God. But you can get close to him out here in the streets too now. You can get close to him. You ain't got to go there to, to, to get him. But for some folks, that's how it's, what it's going to take. And for me, that's what it took because I was one of the most hard-headed, disobedient child you ever wanted to see. You think your children were something. And now I'm seeing it in my own children. Well, I'm glad they got that, the, the class, parenting class going on. Because, <laughs> you know, we do things differently. When he's talking to him, I won't feel like shaking mine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm learning, and it's a learning process. And if, even if you don't know how, ask God to send you somebody that can teach you how to walk this walk. Somebody that can pray for you. You know, uh, Pastor Chris, uh, uh, Chris and Pastor Brian, they, they called me. Even if I didn't answer my phone, they left a message. You know, Pastor Chris, that's my, that's my minister Chris, uh, Brother Chris, and He's good. He always picking at my big hands. But I thank God because I need that. Because there's nobody on my job that's saved. There's nobody on my job that's serving God. And everybody else, and they can draw and take attention to everybody else. And sometimes I feel like I'm the oddball. Jesus said, no, you're just the blessed one. For the Bible said that we are strangers and peculiar people. The Bible, and all they do is tells me you're not of the world. You're in the world. You got a different light on you. But some of them will come. Like the one that came by night. Nicodemus, was it? That came by night. And some of them will ask for prayer. Some of them will ask me to pray for their people. So I'm glad I had this opportunity to stand before you, and I'm going to turn it over to the pastor.
And just know that we love y'all. And look, <clears throat> let me say this, Pastor. Do not let this be your last time coming. Do not let this be your last time coming. Whether it be this church or any other church. Well, we would love to have you here. I'm sure Pastor Nell and everybody here, that man, when we came here, they, they just, oh, man, good God Almighty, man, they just treated us with love. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you, I mean, you know, just welcome me. They ain't look at my, my history. They ain't look at my background. They ain't look at none of that. They ain't start hiding their purses and the, the, the Bibles in the church. <laughs> but, they, but they showed us love, me and my wife. So come back. Come back. This is just a start. Come back. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. You know, sometimes the only place that people can hear from the Lord and really start a new path is in a place like prison. But sometimes God will talk to a person in a place like prison so that he who can hear God talk to you outside of that on a day like today so that you don't have to go to that place, so that you don't have to go to those places to hear God in the, in the pit, in the, in the depths, you know, where there's no light. Sometimes he'll shine somebody, he'll shine on somebody that'll bring a light to you in the middle of a, your darkness, and he'll say, look, there's hope for you to come out. I mean, how many people, if he'd have stood up here and he'd have looked mean at everybody and said, I've been to jail 22 times and prison six times and I was, I was a crack dealer. And how many people would say, well, there's hope for that guy? You know, most of us would sit back and go, he's gone. There's, there's no hope there. Yeah, God saw something in him. Amen. God said, there's hope for you. You know, we got these signs. He said, there's hope for you, Anthony. See, here's the thing, though. God's love towards you is no different. He looks in your life and he says this, there's hope for you. I don't care what it looks like. See, what the devil will do a lot of times is he will try to make uh, it look like there's no hope for you. You're too far gone. Anybody ever heard those thoughts in your head? You're too far gone. Well, see, God is a God of hope. We just finished a series on that. God is the God of hope. And as long as there is a God, there is a hope for you. You are not too far gone. You're not too far gone. I've seen God pull people out of some situations that you just wouldn't believe. I've seen him heal things that were unhealable. I've seen him bring finances and turn them around and, and so quick. Just the other day, I was talking uh, to some folks that go here, and uh, they didn't know what they were going to do on their finances. Well, fast forward just a month, one month, and everything was looking up. Everything, things had started to come through. Things, God had started bringing provision. He, he doesn't love that person more than you. He loves you just as much, right. and he'll do that for you, just like he did for Anthony and every other person here that has a testimony. You know, we're, I, had a, I had a different message, but I, we're not going to do that. I'm just going to give you something real short, and it goes right along with what Anthony said. In Numbers uh, 21 and verse 5, it, there's, a, there's some stuff that people messed up. 
there was a mess up. Anybody ever, anybody ever been in a mess up? Anybody been the cause of the mess up <laughs> besides me? Anybody? It's messed up, and I did it, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, you can almost get to the place where you're proud of that, but even if you are proud of it, you kind of don't want to be there, right? Well, they had a mess up, and I just want to show it to you. Uh, this is Numbers 21, 5 through 9. And this is the Israelites. So they were in Egypt. They were in slavery. They had come out of that. Now they're in the desert, and they got a bad attitude <laughs> because they, they don't have hope. The devil had convinced them that there was no hope. You see how that's such a big, strong tie? And so then they started saying stuff like this. They began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? Why you brought me to this junky city called Albemarle? Why you got me living in this place? I see I'm hitting some nerves. I can see it. It's all right. Sometimes I feel like that, and I'm the preacher, you know. So it's, it's like, why you got me here? But sometimes we need to back off of that and say, you know what? That God's got something going on that maybe I can't see. Maybe it's me that... I got something blocking me. But they didn't. They went on and they spoke these things. And Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in this wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here, nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. God had been providing food for them miraculously, and now they're even complaining about the miracle. They're, they're, they had gotten blinded to some stuff, you see. And now they had not only gotten blinded to it, but now they're talking about it. You know what? I think everybody in here at some point has been like, why are you doing this to me, God? Not knowing that we're alive because he saved us. He actually performed miracles for us to be alive, and we're not even thankful. We're not even realizing that stuff. And so a lot of times we're that same person. We're just we're blinded. So this, I think this could be us. Well, the problem is they kind of went too far. Verse 6 the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Well, that's not good. <laughs> they were fiery serpents. It says, then the people came to Moses and cried out, we've sinned. See, now this is important. At least they recognized it. You know, this is humility. When we come, here's the thing. When we make humility and coming to God an important thing, God will take your importance, the importance of your heart, just like the given earlier. If you'll make given important to you, he t what you take important, he takes important. The word says this, those that honor me, I will honor. So when they all of a sudden, they change, they, they're like, Oop, whoa, we messed up. Let me back up and kind of fix my attitude here. And they said, we've sinned. We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. You see, there's a, there's a verse in Acts that says, you, you start coming against God, and it basically, I'll paraphrase it, you start coming against God, you're not going to win that fight. You know, God, God, no matter how much you think God ain't God, He is, and you start trying to come against Him, you, you start to find out just how much He is. You, you go against the flow of God, you're, you're on the wrong end of the fight, you know. You're on the wrong end of that. But if we'll back up and say, all right, I'm going to stop going against him. I'm going to go with him. We'll find out 
Man, He loves us so much. And He's always wanted good things for us. Always, always. He never wanted any of us ever to be in lack. That was not His plan. We entered that plan in the garden, and we can get mad at Adam and Eve, but the truth of the matter is it would probably been us too, right? Anybody agree? Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'd have probably done the same thing. But then all of a sudden, here's, here's this. We've sinned. We've come against him. Moses, pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Let me just throw this out here. You feel like you got some snakes chasing you in this life? This humility, it'll lead you to the place where you start recognizing, all right, there's a reality to this spiritual world. You know, we, we're a lot of times living by what we see, but there's a spiritual world and it's real. And when we just humble ourselves to God and we come to the people that understand these things and help them, let them lead us in these spiritual things, all of a sudden stuff changes. Because what happened next, it does not make sense. What happens next does not make sense. It's outside of our thinking. But it worked. There's some spiritual truths that are outside of our thinking, but they worked. It's like what we were talking about with the offering earlier. How can you give and start getting more? Well, that don't even make sense. How do you give and come out of a financial hole? That doesn't even make sense. But it's God. And I got testimony after testimony after testimony in this room where that has all turned around. Just like that. But he came to the man of God there, Moses, and he said, pray for us. Moses then prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. What? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. It's like this. Grab a, grab a stick, put a snake on the top of it, and everybody who looks at it will live. See, that doesn't even make sense. It was something supernatural. But see, when they humbled themselves, they came to somebody who understood the things and the ways of God and how to go with Him instead of going against Him. You realize a lot of times we're going against God and we don't even know it. Anybody ever felt like you've been there? I didn't even know I was coming against you. But there's some people that know when you're going against God, and some people can help you see those things. And that's what we're designed to do as a church is help people see some things that are supernatural. You might not see them with your normal eye. But if you just come and you humble yourself more to God, and he'll tell you humble yourself to certain people the same way what Anthony was talking about earlier, they'll start to show you some supernatural things. And it might sound crazy. Like pray and my life will turn around. That sounds crazy. What? And yet, it works. So everybody, so Moses made a snake, verse 9, out of bronze, attached it to the pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. All they had to do was look at it. That's amazing. So here's a mess. But there was also, when they turned to God, there was an answer. In John, y'all know the uh, verse in John, John 3.16? Let me just read right around there. Because a lot of times there's a power there that we skip over. John 3.14. You see, there was a mess. 
we as a people, we had messed up because we had stepped away from the Lord. In the garden, we were right there with Adam and Eve, all messed up. Stealing, killing, destroying, didn't even know it. We were doing stuff. You know, we were just following after the devil. And we didn't even know it because the world's taught us that's how to do stuff. There was a mess going on in the world. But there was an answer in Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, was coming. And he was saying, look, I'm, I'll help you. I'll save you. So right here it says, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So Jesus must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. In other words, just like everybody that looked on that serpent, on that pole, on that stick was healed, everybody that would turn their eyes to Jesus and believe on him, they would instantly have life overflowing for eternity. Instantly. Listen to this. Because of this, we get to verse 16. For God so loved the church. Is that what it says? So for God so loved Christians. Uh-uh, no. For God so loved everybody that did what he said. No. The world. The world. Is that you? Are you, are you the world? Are you a part of this world? Is, that, is he talking about you? See, he didn't just love people that would come to know him. He loved all of them. For God so loved the world. He loved you. No matter where you're at, no matter how deep the pit is, how dark it is, or whether or not you see the light, he loved you. He loved you. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. All they got to do is look to Him and believe on Him. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. You see, a lot of times we'll walk into the church thinking, man, what are they going to tell me about how bad I am today? Anybody ever thought that before they walked in the door of the church? They're going to tell me how bad I am today. They're going to make me feel bad. That, that was not what Jesus came to do. That word there, he, he didn't come into the world not to judge it. That means condemn, to, to bring condemnation on you, to bring pressure and tell you how bad. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what we're doing today. We're here to tell you, hey, you know what? Just like us, we've all messed up. But Jesus loved us enough to allow himself to be placed up on a pole, up on a tree, and say, I'll die for you. And if you'll just look to me, believe on me, I can make all that stuff go away. I can, I can take you out of the jail, take you out of the addiction. I can take you out of the financial hole. I can take you out of the prison. I can take you out of the shame. I can take you out of the bondage. He said, all you got to do is look on me. I'm not here to judge you, not here to condemn you. I'm just here to love on you. Verse 18 says this, There's no judgment against anyone who believes in Him. But anyone who does not believe in Him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. See, a lot of times what we're walking in, we're already walking in the judgment. We're walking in the curse. 
And we could simply move out of it just by taking a step into Jesus and out of the judgment. How would you like to just step out of the pressure and move from that place where there's just all this condemnation and step right out of that junk and into a freedom? All that is, that step is simply believing on Jesus. And the judgment, verse 19, is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so that others can see that they are doing what God wants. So see, the devil will try to keep you out of church, out of the place that will actually, he'll tell you they're going to condemn you, they're going to do all kinds of stuff. But then you come into the place where God's ordained and you'll find what Anthony was talking about earlier. He's like, they didn't look at me, they didn't, I love that one, they didn't hide their purses. You know, that was an awesome statement. He's, they loved, he said, good God Almighty, they loved us, you know, I love that. That was awesome, that was the heart, that's the way a church is supposed to be, Amen. loving on people. Given to you, Amen. serving you, serving you. And listen, I can't solve all your problems. I can't. But I know somebody who can. That's right. And I know some of the ways that he does that. And I can help you come to that. Amen. We're not here to judge or condemn. We're just here that if you want to grab up and, and take somebody by the hand, we're here to help you and to give you a hand. And to show you how to do something, it might not be physically logical, it might be logical in the spirit. And show you some supernatural stuff. Because God cares about you. He's not here to just tell you how bad you are, He just wants to save you. He just wants you. So today, this is what I'd like. You know, maybe you've, you've prayed this prayer with somebody before. Maybe you've never meant it in your heart. But I told you earlier that if you get serious with God, He'll get serious with you. If in your heart right now, you get serious with Him, I promise you, God will get serious with you. Maybe you've said a prayer before and and you were kind of serious, but then you went a little ways down the road and you weren't as serious as what you thought. Or maybe you said a prayer, but you never were serious. Or maybe you've never prayed and, and said, Lord, I need to look on you. That you were lifted up on that cross for me. I need to believe on you. Maybe, maybe you need healing. Maybe you need some deliverance. You need whatever. You just got, you need something. God says, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you better than you could ever take care of you. He said, if you'll hand it to me, I'll show you how to do it. Amen. So right now, I just ask you to bow your head. And today, whether it be that you're praying for the first time or the 30th time, but today, you're saying, I want to get serious with you, God. Today, I want to get serious with you. And I know that you'll get serious with me. Today, I want to step out of the the hole, step out of the pit. Before today, maybe I didn't have hope, but I got some hope right now. I think there might be a chance, and I'm telling you, there is a chance. It's more than a chance. It's, a, it's an absolute possibility.
that Jesus can bring you to life and life in abundance. So if that's you and you want to take a step towards him and believe on him, just raise your hand and leave it up for me to see. Say, today I'm serious. Amen. I see that. I see that. I see that. Amen. Keep them up. Keep them up. Amen. I see that. I see them all over. There's, there's people all over. All over today. Just pray this with me. Just say, Father, today, I believe that you see me and my situation. And today, I'm coming to you. I'm turning to you with my belief, with my faith. And I declare that you are my Lord, Jesus. You're the director of my life. You will lead me out of the pit, out of the darkness, and into the light as I follow your command. You are my Lord. And I believe that you died for me. That you allowed yourself to go up on that cross. To die, be buried, and to rise again. I believe that God buried my old ways with you, Jesus. And when he brought you back to life, he brought me back to life too. And I receive that eternal life right now today. And Holy Spirit, fill me, empower me to walk with Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just ask right